Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and mandrakes to that 6++ show. I am your host, Tom. I'm back as ever. And today I'm very excited because we have got a state of play. It's a state of play for the best army. You know who they are. The real, true, bestest, bestest army in 40k, the Drakari. And to that end, I have invited back uh, one of my favorite guests. It is the wonderful Archon Scurry. Scurry, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming to hang out with us on this state of play. Yes. We'll take you through the many states of pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the layers. Um, this is always faction specialist focused. We like to deep dive into particular armies. I'm obviously always interested more in stuff that's a bit unusual or a bit niche, or maybe um, someone is is pulling up trees with um, that you wouldn't expect. And it's fair to say Skari and Drakari definitely fit that description. Um, so we'll be getting into Drakari in 10th edition. We will be getting into... Um, Scurry's recent success with the Jakari at GT and some of the key units and tools. And then we'll think maybe about, yeah, where do we think the faction needs to go? What do we think is going to need to happen next um, for the Jakari going forwards? Um, but before we do that, Scurry, just in case there's people out there who don't know who you are, and I'm not sure how many of those there are in the 40k world right now, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, I'm Scurry. Uh, you know, I don't assume to know that everybody, <laughs> everyone knows me. Um, I've, uh, I'm a 40k player, content creator. I um, uh, work with a variety of different channels like Mini War Gaming. And <laughs> I have my own channel as well. I do a lot of 40k content, but I also play AOS. Um, and I'm main Drukari, but I play every faction. Yes. Um, so I've been playing for about 26 years. 20, yep. Yeah. It's a lot of years. I've been playing for a long time. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> you can find me on social media. I'm sure they'll be yep. links. But uh, yeah, if you like a positive attitude and intelligent gameplay, then you yes. definitely, uh, you know, that's sort of like my brand. Yeah, yeah 100%. And I say, I, th I think that it's the attitude that I think is really, really something that always sticks. I remember when I first heard you on a podcast, I was like, oh, there's just a kind of energy and, and positivity and excitement about this faction that's very infectious. Um, and you did a very good episode of, about Drakari and other things. Um, I think it was on Art of War. It was called Kill Your Darlings or something yeah, that's towards the start of 10th. Um, that was really interesting. Um, it was funny because when we first got you on here, that was it was a bit of a bit of a sort of career moment for us we were very excited we were very we, you know it's always nice when people all these people that you've kind of heard out there will actually um come and chat and that's that's really wonderful so we really appreciate getting you on um so what we're going to do today is is obviously last time we were super ninth focused we talked about jakari jakari obviously had a massive ride in ninth all sorts of things um and it started very differently for them in 10th edition so i guess we can we can set the scene today think a little bit about what um what these kind of first months of 10th has been like for the Trikari, how you found them and what your thoughts are. And then we'll dive into kind of, I guess, competing and, and getting stuck in with Trikari right now and what you might want to do. So paint, paint us a picture, Scary. How has 10th edition been for Trikari so far? Okay, strap strap yourselves in for the <laughs> ride, folks. Um, so the Dark Elder, the Drukari in 10th edition, has been one word. Bland. <laughs> yeah, very English. You know, very English food. Bland. Just, just no seasoning. Um, uh, that's. I would say that was how I would describe the faction. Yeah. Is it? It has powerful mechanics. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. It has powerful mechanics. It has a lot of potential, but it's 
it's in its index form, it's very monodimensional. Yes. So that's that's how I would describe it. Hmm. And sadly, it's been plagued with out of production miniatures. So a, a lot of the things you want to take that are good, Mandrakes, yes. Beast Pack, right? Um, yep. you know, maybe the Court, but more of the Mandrakes and the Beast Pack mainly. And like, okay, grotesque. A, they're like out of production. You cannot buy them from the Games Workshop site. They don't make Mandrakes anymore. They don't make the, the Beast Pack anymore. At least, you know, uh, will they remake them? Hopefully. Right, like there's there's hope, hope yeah. that they will be coming, you know. Um, however, if you're a new player or a veteran player that never had Mandrakes or didn't have a Beast Packer, you mean, and now I'm like, hey, these are really good. Good thing I own, you know, 15 Mandrakes because I need them, you know. And you're like sitting there being like, <laughs> grumble, grumble, I don't own Mandrakes, I can't buy them, I don't really want to convert them or whatever, right? Mm. Then the faction itself won't give you the same sort of like cool results because of the way 10th edition plays. Yeah. So there's a bit of a barrier to entry into that. And then combine that with a detachment that is very meh and bland with a but a, a strong army rule. Like yeah. the power the army rule is, cool. is yeah. strong. It is a good art it's it's you know rerolls are good. Um and it just sucks that it's sort of like it doesn't mesh in like the way that you would hope it to mesh, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I feel like that sort of led to a huge drop in people playing Drukari, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. now it's like 0.5% of all the meta is Drukari players. And they'll have like 800 players playing GTs across the world and one Dark Eldar player, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like two Dark Eldar players or whatever. Yeah. So we're not exactly going out and playing games at a competitive level. When mm-hmm. me going to a GT raises the win rate by like seven percent in yes. the positive, yeah, <laughs> just by me going to one you event, literally you know, visibly track your own impact. There is, <laughs> there is a skew, right? Yeah, like we're not really going out to play enough games. Sadly, yeah. that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, however, it still remains a rewarding army to play as mm-hmm. a puzzle, where if you get the puzzle right you can win pretty much every game. Um, However, it's not easy, so it's not for the faint of heart. Mm. And the style of gameplay is not like 9th edition Drukhari. It's more like 3rd edition Dark Eldar. So if you played this faction or had any interaction with it in 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and or 7th edition, um, you you will have more of an understanding of what the feel and style of the army is whereas the ninth edition book was a completely different style but a lot of people sort of really enjoyed that style and got into it and it was very powerful and now since it's sort of reverted to the old style it's like folks have kind of ah they put it aside yeah (laughs) Yeah. no that makes complete sense to me and i think there's a running theme across a couple of those points which is that i think you're right that the 10th index actually suits and is is better suited to people who have a very deep long-term relationship with the army both because of models as you say there's a few models uh, particularly units that have kind of really have a use that as you say just don't have there's not like an actual you can't go out and get them in a straightforward sense so that's a bit of the barrier entry isn't exactly right i think for a new player it would seem strange and also as you say because the shift in style 
um, back to something a little bit more familiar only to long-term sort of devotees definitely puts people off. I guess I think, you know, people like myself who are big ninth edition players, we were very much in on the sort of the fast food version, right? We were here for the sort of sugary high of this very aggressive um, index. Um, but it kind of feels like, yeah, as you say, it's now much more of a puzzle, much more about careful and patient play. And it's only a few specialists out there in the world yourself. Um, you know, the Real Space Raiders, uh, our own Rob Kimpton, there's a few players who can still make it sing. Um, but in the in the main, it's it's dropped off a lot. So there's clearly clearly something that will need to change to get, I guess, kind of more wider popular engagement with Chikari back in. But in, a, I guess, a nice way on the flip side, it's also back to being a preserve of the specialists and people who really love the army and, and want to delve into it as well. Yeah, that is a bit of a shame, though, because it would be cool to have it be more mainstream where like, yeah, play it. like, don't get me wrong. I love being a fringe. I love like that aspect of, hey, walking to a table and folks kind of scratching their head and saying, don't Dark Eldar suck now, you know, and then like <laughs> tabling them in three yeah. turns and then be like, they really do suck you know? <laughs> for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was very akin to back in the day when third, fourth edition, you'd walk up with like an army of six raiders, a couple of ravagers, a little jet bike unit and your archon mm. on a jet bike or whatever. And people would go like, oh, you're playing Dark Eldar. Man, you're a unicorn, you know, like don't Dark Eldar <laughs> yeah. suck? Like nobody plays them. You'd be like, sure. Yeah. And then you'd destroy them with like 20 Dark Lances. Yes. And then they'd be like, why don't more people play this army? <laughs> and I'd be like, because the models are terrible. They're old. Yeah, yeah. Nobody likes the, you know, the army. It's, just, it's very, it feels that way, but it'd be nice mm -hmm. to have more people out there. All you need to do, like it does, it's not a, you don't need to do a lot as a game developer no. to make a faction like sing with the audience. Like Drazar, Incubi. Like honestly, you make Drazar and Incubi like good again. Oh yeah, you know what I mean I think like, that would do it. To be honest, for me, for me, that would do it. <laughs> it would that that alone. You just put yeah. Drazar, it, make him be able to flip a dreadnought in a single combat phase. You know what I mean? Like just just grab a dreadnought and just flip it over if he rolls yeah. well with his yeah. incubi. You know, just do that, and yeah. you would literally see Dark Eldar players be like, "Ooh, that's cool." You yeah. know, because I it's cool. Agree. Right, it, it that's a cool factor. Shit, shoot, uh, moving around with a bunch of venoms and having little units of cabalites like die, <laughs> and but stop you from scoring, but just die and have your whole army get tabled doesn't feel cool. It might be effective, <laughs> but it doesn't feel cool. No, absolutely, and I think I think that's it. And I think in, ter in terms of the index itself, as you've as you've alluded to, power from pain with with full rerolls to hit is an amazing mechanic. It's very cool, but the the bit of the index that really sings with it is is the shooting and and the high quality, low volume shooting. You know, your dark lances, your blasters, um, dark scythes, those kinds of things. Haywire. Um, and, and it's it is the melee units. It's the things that were, I guess, perhaps infamous in ninth that are maybe now paying for their sins a bit. Your witches, although Lilith is amazing, it's worth saying Lilith, Lilith is very I, cool. She is actually really good. And <laughs> early edition, and I, I actually just filmed a game with her not too long ago, and mm. oh my goodness gracious, she went <laughs> ham. Okay, yeah, yeah. when she rolls six sixes, <laughs> and by herself gets like. 18 wounds on a unit of infantry you know yeah. just her you know, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah but then you run her into like a single penitent engine <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's it she's done you yeah can't yeah do yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and i think that's it i just think the, the combat in general 
you can just there's just a lot of situations in which it struggles i do think that the broader mechanics of tent have toned down and relaxed things like towering and overwatch are both yep. slightly less oppressive than they were so it's it is feasible to get things to combat mm-hmm. but i think i think the issue with a lot of the trikari units is well what happens when they get there is anything is anything exciting going to happen or are they kind of going to bounce off and and get get cleaned up and as you say with some of our sort of infamous trading units if the deal the deal was always well you kill them but then they're going to kill you and you make peace with that that's part of the game but now the deal is you probably don't kill them and then they kill you and that that doesn't feel so good um so the let's trade let, game isn't yeah, really there anymore that's you it know, like that's the, the it thing was all about something. trading pieces like chess you know you move <laughs> you kill a piece but then your piece gets removed but you have more pieces than your opponent so you tend to like be on on the like winning end of that yeah. nowadays you see that you need to sort of like focus three or four pieces of your army into one opponent's piece and hope that you've positioned in a way that all three of you pieces don't get eliminated because they will. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely that, and I, th- I think that's exactly right. Um, so let's let's move and think about, I guess, what the strengths of the index are in this edition. Because I do, as you say, it's that classic. Oh, people will come up to a table and think, oh, this isn't going to be any good because someone told me it's bad. But that is that is not. Um, do giving it sort of full credit because actually the index is very capable of doing a number of things really well. Yeah. Um, so what what do you see the major strengths of Drakari in 10th edition as being? How, how when you play, do you leverage what they can do to success? So Drakari focus on a few things. Number one, they have the tools to kill things. Yeah. Um, maybe not in close combat as much, but at range, you, you can literally deal with any target at range. Uh, yeah. Tank, monster, vehicle, infantry. Even like, there's a lot of talk about not being able to kill like beasts or mounted or whatever. Like, we still have the tools to do that. Like, blasters and blast pistols, for example, are more like that. They're not really monsters or vehicle killers anymore. They're more like heavy infantry and like mounted and like beast kind of killers. Yeah. So, we have the tools to deal with any target at range, number one. Um, number two, we're very good at playing the mission. Um, and this very is very good. We're incredibly good at playing the mission. And I think that is a mentality shift. Like in ninth edition, Dark Eldar were move up, table, right? <laughs> yeah. And that was like game plan. Move up, kill, <laughs> yeah. Right? Not, not and, complicated. No. <laughs> it wasn't. There was a ruin that you could hide a raider behind filled with incubi or witches. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so you'd move raider behind wall, turn two. Jump out of raider, table opponent's army, right? Like that was that was like the game plan. Yeah. Um, and so you could worry about the mission secondary to that. Yeah. And a lot of our secondaries in ninth edition were based around killing. They were like, yeah. you know, kill stuff in combat, get points, kill enemy characters, get points, kill you know, get points yeah. by killing and stuff. Heard the prey, which was just so funny. Once right. there were no table quarters with people left in, right? Like, Correct. Like, and then you could just get it. So it was it was very like the game style was very much built to that way. Mm. Nowadays though, it's you have to A have enough units on the board, which we do very well. We can absolutely have lots of small units all over the table. So the style of of army list building is less like you know larger hitty units with like killy characters it's more like you're just gonna have crap everywhere yeah and then you have to be able to be flexible to do tactical or fixed depending on what your opponent is playing you can kill anything they want but you have to play the mission but we do it well we can stop people from scoring primary a lot Mm -hmm. and using things like cablite warriors to get out of a transport and advance and then use two command points to move again and move, yep. you know, 18 inches plus a D6 
plus three inches. So they're moving 21 inches out of a transport plus a D6. So minimum 22. And then like literally positioning your army and pre-measuring that where your opponent leaves like their home objective with a character on it. <laughs> Nobody ever goes to take that. And you're yeah. like, okay, Black Cowboy Warriors, go! You know, yeah, you send yeah. them right uh, to the opponent. I've you touch your opponent's deployment. Fields. Yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, how many primary did you score? Zero? Yeah. Excellent. You know, yeah. that's how Dark Eldar play now. Yeah, denial. Right? Right? However, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Cablite Warrior is dead. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> so you better have more where they came from because yeah. you have to do that for three or four turns in a row yeah. in order to like you know prevent your opponent from scoring more points than you. However, mm -hmm. we do it well. It's just mm -hmm. a different play style. So those are the things that I would leverage. We have the ability to do lots of little units, so we play MSU. Mm -hmm. We can move around the table very, very quickly, and we have the tools to deal with pretty much any target we want to range. No, fantastic. And obviously, you've, you've put this into practice and you've demonstrated this recently with a, with a GT win. So I guess I'm going to just invite you really to open up a little bit about that, a little bit about your list and your concept. Um, it was up on the Goonhammer uh, site. We kind of reviewed it and you, you gave us some thoughts for it on there. But for those that have missed that, take us through that GT run. Take us through your sort of thinking on Drakari in this given moment and how you adapted um, to, to sort of pilot them all the way to first there. Yeah, so for this GT run, so my uh, it, it was a process, right? I I play a lot of games of Warhammer, yeah. right? Um, so uh, some of you might only get one game a week, or maybe one game every two weeks at your local club, and that's sort of like how you develop your lists, or you you consume a lot of social media, where like you try and get the ideas from like the Art of War, or you know like Goonhammer, or you know you go into Stat Check and kind of yeah. see all the all the like which unit is the most effective statistically or whatever, right? Mm. So, however, I'm old school. So, <laughs> I'm old, okay? I'm old <laughs> and cranky. <laughs> the way I like to build lists is putting a concept together and playing like 20 games with it. Mm. But I have the capability to play those 20 games within a short period of time and have all the models that is required for it. So, I'm, I'm sort of like in a privileged point at that, at that sort of like... Being able to do that is not something people can really do or afford to do a lot of the time, yeah. which is why I like talking about it. Because if I did it, anything I talk about, I've practiced and put it on the <laughs> table. Okay, <Yeah. laughs> there's no there's no guess hammer here. Like I physically yeah, yeah, yeah. done this before. Mm -hmm. um, so it started with my traditional Dark Eldar list that I took it to a GT like um, the Capital Sea Bloodbath or. Um, I took to uh, the oldest dust, right? And that was a very traditional list. Had a Void Raven Bomber, three Ravagers, three units of Scourge, three Mandrakes, you know, a couple of different support pieces. And I went, you know, I went undefeated at uh, at all is dust, right? Mm -hmm. I tied one game and and then won the rest of them, mm -hmm. or something. I, I came in second, I think, or yeah, anyway, one of those. Like a, a Capital C Bloodbath, I think I lost one or maybe two games but I, I know i lost one for sure but it was like that was like my army was pretty straightforward there yeah and so it worked i was like good you know void raven bomber awesome kills desolation marines that's the tech that i put in my in my list for that um also great for line of sight purposes or whatever you know ravagers good scourge good mandrakes good i was like good this is it all sort of works <laughs> and then i decided to do something really fun and went to a gt using a pure coven list. <laughs> nice. I took That's epic. <laughs> I took three units of grotesques. I took uh Urien and uh Hemogulus as my HQs, a bunch of racks, transports. I took 
uh, only two units of Talos because I only had the two built. I took a Kronos, you know, I took like the Scourge still, the Mandrakes because they're, you know, and I did take a Cavalite Warrior Squad because sticky objectives be good. And you just, mm. it's there, it's a very good mechanic that you should really leverage as a Dark yeah. Guild player. Absolutely. So I, I went, I lost two games at that event by like very little. Um, and it was a good concept. But that whole GT gave me like, boo, I had like little light bulbs go off, be like, I really, really like these Grotet, these uh, Talos. Sorry. I was like, these Talos are good. <laughs> and when I say good, I'm saying, good okay you can't like compare talos to like blade guard veterans or a sword brethren you know or something that's really good in <laughs> combat. i mean talos are yeah. good yeah, by sure. dark eldar standards for something that we sorely miss yes. which is board control um yes so, presence and correct. staying power yeah staying power and presence mm. now is it the best staying power no are they the killiest thing <laughs> no but what else are you going to use? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. what else do we have? We do not have anything mm. else. Okay, you can use Kronos. They have the durability of the growth of the Talos, but none of the damage capability. Yeah. So, um, I I go went through my bits box and noticed I had two Talos left that were like in pieces because I'd used them for like. So I was like, cool. So I made a list with six Talos, three units, mm -hmm. and essentially it was my other list, and I took out like the Solitaire and the Death Jester. I took out the Ravagers, and I took out the Voidrave Bomber, which is probably the hardest decision for me, was to take the Voidrave Bomber. Mm. I put in six Talos. I took out all my characters and took only a single Beastmaster, right? And I was like, if this is going old school, I'm going to go old school. And by old school, I mean spending as little as possible on HQs because yeah. our HQs are terrible, other than like Lilith. <laughs> yeah. You know? So might as well be an HQ that's going to do something. Yeah. For it, you. HQ that comes with a unit and is, yeah, generally which versatile. Is, yeah. Which yeah. is 20 wounds, right? Yeah, it's 20 good. wounds with a scout move, right? Yeah. And it's toughness four, which has won me more games than I could count, right? I love the Beastmaster. <laughs> But mm. that goes back to my previous thing of you can't buy them, right? So you yeah, better yeah, yeah. be good at convert or good at scouring eBay. Yeah. Um. So it was like less characters, a core of Talos that could be used to bully the middle of the board. Also, in the meta right now, Haywire is very, very strong. Really You're seeing is. like armies with like 15 Space Marine tanks and, you know, things like that. And just being able to Haywire one to death without having to worry about armor contempt or cover or an invulnerable mm. save or whatever is just phenomenal. Yeah, really good. Um, and then the three damage attacks in combat and the durability gives you something where you can like plug a gap. Even if the towers are going to die, you know, they will survive for like a combat. And yeah. then you can like hold your enemy in place and then like move around them. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which is very useful in the matchups like Chaos Space Marines because they've got yes. chosen with their yes. lords and stuff, and the Talos can really help with that. Yeah, or into Wraithguard because Wraithguard are three wounds each. They get into the middle of the board and are really annoying. But three, six Talos into a unit of Wraithguard will mess up that Wraithguard unit <laughs> yeah. real fast. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the concept was there. I decided to try it out, and uh, I really enjoyed the games. Five different mm. games. I played into Eldari twice, so I got to really nice. try my concept into Eldar. Worked mm. very well into Eldar. 
Um, then I got to play into Votan. That was probably my toughest. That was my toughest game of the weekend. Mm. And this is like MSU Votan. As you can tell, MSU armies tend to do very well right now. So yeah, I had I a lot of MSU. He had a lot of MSU. I had more MSU than him, but he has his had a little bit more staying power than mine because yeah. he's got more Sagittors and a big brick of Terminators and like the bikes, and he's just this is more stuff. Absolutely. This is where the power of the gambit came in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I won that game amazing gambit. Okay, right. Yeah. Talk us through that. Yeah, so um, I've never was, heard of that before. It was life. supply drop, which yeah. uh, means that two objectives are going to disappear, and okay. the middle one was going to stay. And he had more staying power than me. So, and he had second. He had bottom of turn. Ah, uh, that's huge. So yeah. even though I had tons of little models, and the one nearest my deployment zone disappeared first, I was able to deny him primary by sending units out to score. However, every time I put something on there, it would die. And so I only really scored primary like one turn for mm. one objective one time. And that was yeah. it. So I, at the end of third turn, I was doing final secondaries, all that stuff. I looked at it and went, well, I'm not going to score any more points on primary. Regardless of what I do, I just it's physically impossible for me to stay on an objective with enough force that you that I can hold it against how much stuff he had. Hmm. So I was like, I might as well gambit. This is where list design comes into play, because I yeah. build my lists with gambits in mind. Oh nice. Right? There are two gambits that you can really plan for. One is the get into the middle of the board gambit. The other one is the get into the corners gambit. Yeah. Um and regardless of what your opponent takes away from, or which one gets discarded, right? Because it's randomly discarded. Um, I'm going to have one of those two in my hand. Corners or middle of the board. Yeah. And because of the way my army is built, I tend to have, even if I'm losing on primary, lots of units by the end yes. of the game. Which is yeah. a big, it, it helps a lot with it. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I got the corner gambit. So, and I had top of the, top of the turn. So, I gambited on turn three. I had fourth turn, so I was able to set it up, stop him from scoring primary, right? Then yep. he had his fourth turn, killed my stuff off, stopped me from scoring any primary. So that's why I had gambited already. I did my secondaries. Then I had my fifth turn, was able to get both my secondaries in that turn, which was like move units around, kill something, whatever. Get my mandrakes into each corner, my scourge into each corner, because we kicked the crap out of each other. And then rolled. <laughs> A nine-inch charge, basically, is what it comes down to. <laughs> Roll a nine and got nice. 30 points on primary. Oh, uh, amazing. amazing. And then he went and looked at it and went, well, I'm going to get end game, 15 points for this, going to get my secondaries. I lose by 14 points. And I, you know, and this the thing is, you know, it's identifying when that sort of thing is important. Yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, for supply drop, that's a really good spot because, as you say, that's one where the end game and the nature of the mission can really get you. And it's just really hard if you're not on the end of turn to actually get a foothold on the primary. So that's that's a very smart way around it. I like it. <laughs> Most people disregard the gambit, A, because it's too hard, or because they haven't built it into their list. Yeah, completely. Um, right, but it is, a fan it is a game mechanic that is there for a reason. Mm. The key is being able to identify when to use it, Yeah, and then to set yourself up to be able to do it. Or to be yeah. able to use it. Like if I would have gone to go into the middle of the board, I had enough units to just cram it all into the middle of the board and roll enough and hope to get enough four pluses to like be able to get the 30 points. Mm -hmm. It was the same sort of thing. Um, 
So don't disregard it. I won no, a GT off a Gambit. Okay, yeah, that's just how it's that incredible. works. incredible. <laughs> um, now, at the end of the day, I gave myself the opportunity to get lucky, right? You know, yeah. if I don't roll that nine, I lose by 16 points or whatever it is because I just couldn't get the primary. However, mm-hmm. it's about identifying when you can and give yourself the opportunity to, to get those points, if that Completely. makes sense. Um, and then turn round five, four, I play into Black Templars. Big Brick of Terminators, lots of infantry, Dreadnought support, all that stuff. Um, and uh, so I was able to, I what I do against Templars is I basically pick a side and I focus my entire army on a side and then send like little units. I play around the edges of the table. Yeah. And then if they try and go one way, you can kind of shift down the other. If they split up their army, you can kind of converge and kill one Brick of Marines at a time. And of course, Haywire loves killing Dreadnoughts. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, and then I ignored the big Terminator brick. Just ignored it. You know, that's, that's, yep. what do I get? Five up, feel no pain, Terminator brick. I'm not getting it. It's not happening, right? I'm just yeah. going to put a unit in front of it, stop it from moving further, and that's it. Yep. Yeah. No, that's very um, that's very old school Drakari play, right? Playing mm-hmm. the edges, using your speed, picking things yeah. off, and avoiding yeah. the scary, scary fights. <laughs> the big death, the, the big Death Star is just going to stay in the middle. And score those points, and I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just yeah. going to ignore it. I'm going to play everything else to like prevent that you know from winning. And then the last round, final, I went into uh, Imperial Knights, mm-hmm. and that's where I found out that six Talos will kill sixteen hundred points of knights <laughs> by themselves <laughs> with haywire. Wow! So and it good. was it was brutal. Yeah, like, it was. Insane! How many <laughs> things those Talos kill with the haywire? Not, not alone the lances, because I still have a lot of lances in the list. Yeah, yeah. But those haywire were just. Oh, is that a Castellan with thirteen toughness? Let's take it from twenty-six to one wound in a single shooting phase. Oh my word! Yeah, yeah. it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's it awesome. It was great for the, for the uninitiated. Right, Talos haywire blasters have got two shots each. They're damage three and dev wounds against vehicles on a four-up, and they're twin link. So if you empower them, and once they've killed something, they're empowered all the time anyway, that mm-hmm. is full re-rolls to hit and wound with a gun that's doing three wounds a pop into a vehicle. It's yep. extremely good into vehicles. Yep. Extremely good. A unit of Talos will average six to nine yeah. damage on any vehicle. Unless so, it's like a, yeah. a minus one damage. So you're just you're popping yeah. small transports immediately. Like, it's just and then max at twelve. Like I, yeah. I had, you know, of course they've got their feel no pain and, and whatever, so like they yeah. could ignore a couple of the damage or that. But like two units of Talos would pick up one war dog, like one yeah. armature or whatever, instantly, right? And then I'd have the third one and a unit of of scourge kill another one, and then I'd have another the other two units of scourge and the cablites kill a third one. So I could kill like three in a single turn without breaking a sweat. Yeah. And then all the scourge hide because they're shooting scoots incredible. <laughs> yeah. And uh and then, you know, they'd shoot, I'd put minus one to wound on one of the units of Talos, and a lot of the times they had a hard time killing the Talos. It was anyway, it was uh using line of sight blocking to stop the big castle from being able to shoot wherever it wanted to and stuff like that. And ended up uh, winning that game quite handily. Yeah. Very, um, very nice. That was my GT run. You know, at the yeah. end of the day Yes, it came down to me like identifying, being able to do a gambit, but it's about 
the capacity to learn or know when to do completely that. and again as, as you say it's you're a process oriented player and i think you know a lot of people talk all the time about what makes good players and i think some being someone who is constantly thinking about and updating and iterating based basically on your own perspective and what you see as important and being able to identify new opportunities so something like talos which i think people were a bit down on you see a moment in the meta for that to come back in um, and and really make hay with it by the sounds of it, you know, in, in, a, in a really good situation. So no, I think it's very impressive. It's awesome to see. So let's let's talk about it. I mean, I guess in thinking about that process again, how did you feel the build you used went? Um, what would is there anything you want to change or try going forwards, or did you feel like you'd settled on a really nice sort of combination of things? The build was f- great. I loved yeah. the combination of units mm-hmm. um, in it, post. Right, like in post, uh, in like uh, interaction, I did change uh, a few things. <laughs> so I removed the raider. Uh, originally, I had essentially had a raider and three venoms splitting three units of ten cavalite warriors. Yeah. So I had the raider become a mini ravager with like blaster dark lance, blaster dark lance, mm. dark lance. So it was like a little mini anti tank um, tank. But at the end of the day, it was like one of the first things that always died, like every yes. single time. It just and it was big and unwieldy. And it just didn't really fit into the theme of like lots of little units everywhere. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I removed the raider, um, and then what I did is I in in added Urian Rakarth to my. Oh, list. nice! <clears throat> yes, love it. Um, so number one, he can heal Talos, so it sort of fits within the theme of the list. And there was a lot of times where like a Talos would take, you know damage and be live with like one or two wounds left and it would have been awesome to be like oh it's now back up to four yeah now you have to try kill that unit all over again you know yeah um and if you don't and if i hide it then i can heal it twice and it's full wounds again urian is a monster like the more i'm using him the more i love him he's got yeah, a four up i've absolutely loved him in the games i've played he's so chewy he's a four up feel no pain Right, and he comes back to life on a two plus. That's the thing. It's that old sequencing, phase sequencing shenanigans, right? Mm. You can run, you can put him in places knowing that he'd get He's, back he up. He might if come back. To. So yeah. an objective right in the open. Mm-hmm. They kill him. He comes back. He scores you points. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a reason why you're seeing chaos players bring sh- uh, shellax and not shellax the um Celesk oh, yeah whatever, Celesk. yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah. exactly, back on a two plus. exactly. there's a reason eldar players use fugan right yeah. he comes back on a two plus there's like so many places where this becomes important and it sort of like directly benefits the style of the list that i was playing yeah that's really smart really now smart. with that switch I still have lots of little Cavalite Warriors running around. It's three Venoms, though. So I have three units essentially on foot, which is fine. I put one in Strategic Reserve. I put two with Dark Lances on the board, like down a firing lane. There's five dudes <laughs> with the Dark Lance. They're just sitting there in a building, just waiting for something to pop out. If you yeah. want to shoot five Cavalites with Dark Lance, be my guest, okay? Yeah, They're yeah, not yeah. exactly going <laughs> to make or break the bank. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I had 10 points left over. So in my list, I had two units of Racks. Um, mm. just five strong. So I basically switched one unit of racks for a unit of reaver jet bikes. Okay. So yep. it's 10 points more, keeps it at 2,000 points on the nose, um, and then it allows me to have a reaver jet bike unit, which can double move really far, has an additional heat lance, has the, the ability to do mortal wounds to like infantry in the movement phase. So it's got mm. a little bit more like technical play. Yeah. Um, you know, it's more OC. It's it's six OC, so it's a decent yeah. amount of OC. Yep. Um, and it gives me the ability to use the advance and charge stratagem. So it adds like another stratagem I could use. 
but then it complements sort of like the board control aspect of the list. And it's yeah. a small unit of three, so like they're they're easier to hide and things like yeah. that. Now that that change does make it harder for my opponent to get the card assassinate, you know, because when I had the just the beastmaster, he would die turn one or turn two, and then my opponent would draw assassinate like turn four and be like, oh cool, you have no characters, I get five points. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So, um, so having Orion as the warlord. You know he's a lot harder to kill, so the Beastmaster goes up and dies, and then they draw it. They have to try and kill Orion, and he's not an easy character to kill, so it sort of like stops that card from being like an automatic five points for my opponent. But other than that, yeah, it's very simple changes. Yeah, but, that's uh, I do have a, a a team event this weekend that I'll be going to, and I'm taking that revamp list. So I'm looking oh, forward fantastic. to seeing how it does. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, good luck. No, it's, it's, I like you. those changes. Orion was definitely one of the units. Um, from reading the original, index, so it's like, oh yeah, there's some there's some some trickery and some jank with that. That's that's good fun. So yeah, I think he's, he sounds like he really complements your list. Let's let's move and talk about, I guess, kind of key units and tricks a little bit more widely for the for the uninitiated. We've obviously alluded to a few of them already, but what are the kind of, I guess, sort of staple units and tools in the list for you that kind of sort of repeatedly play a really important role and give you really important sort of tools on the table. So the thing, the important thing to note about an army like this is you can't have a recipe, mm. um, and that's probably one of the hardest parts of playing it. Is it's not necessarily replicatable no. as like turn one, do this. Oh no, no, two, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah. So every piece in the list has a role to play, but you as a as an archon, as a succubus, whatever, you have to identify that that roll before the yeah. game starts you know sometimes my talos are the things that are at the back of the board zoning out the deep strikers while my <laughs> venoms and cabalites are at the front sometimes my talos are at the front when my cabalites and venoms are at the back right like it mm. it, it, it varies based on what i what's more important the more important yeah, things are going to be committed later in the game mm. um but a couple of sort of like generic mantras are number one Split your Cabalites up with Venoms. Number two, keep your Mandrakes alive as long as possible. Um, the longer the game goes with them alive, the more they will win you games. So yeah. literally, I deploy them in my back corner a lot of times. It's like right here. Just like don't even infiltrate them. Just put them in the corner. Yeah. And just back, just, just in a corner. And then they yeah. pick them up. And if there's nothing to do with them, you put them down in the right same yeah, spot. Yeah, right back in the same spot. Right in the same yeah, spot. Yeah. <laughs> Every turn. Until finally yeah. you get investigate signals and you get eight points or whatever. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that's that's important. Um, number two is sticky as many objectives as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, use the Beast Pack Master to move block or early on. Like turn one yes. or turn two. Yeah, this is a unit so, I've never tried because I don't have a Beast Pack. I'd like to get one. Yeah. <laughs> Beast Pack has won me more games than I can count. Going first, you scout forward, move 12, potentially advance. Um, It also gives you access to a deploy teleport homers in your opponent's deployment zone turn one. It gives you access to behind enemy lines. It gives you access to a variety of different uh, like secondaries you could do, Mm -hmm. but it also allows you to move block with a relatively large unit and -hmm. put it in a, in a spot where, you know, if I'm playing say, uh, Search and destroy, right? Which is, you know, table quarters. Mm. And I've got like my beast pack right here. I can move my beast pack up to my opponent's deployment zone, right? 
this way mm. from like yeah, my yeah. deployment zone down here or down here, sorry, up this way. And then what it allows me to do is grab these units, like a Cavalite Warrior unit, move it up to this objective, right? And then sort of like create a safe space where my opponent yeah. can't push past them. So yeah. by the time it comes around to my turn, this objective is now stickied, right? And then I can like leave that objective and go somewhere else, or I can yeah. push harder into their zone, if that makes sense, mm. based on that. But the, the, it's so it's super important. Move blocking is like massive because then I could create another yeah. wall with the venom that I just used, right? And the warriors, I put another wall here and then it's sticky, <laughs> right? So then that's still going to get me points. And now I'm sacrificing yeah, yeah. my venoms and stuff to make another wall and then another yes. wall and another wall. Anyway, so it's it's just, yeah, the use the beast pack master effectively. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a smart one because, yeah, it's, it's a good durable unit. It's quick. And yep. as you say, just if you can block off some of these scary threats out there, Wraith Guard, Chosen, whatever, from getting quickly up the board, that makes mm -hmm. a huge mm -hmm. difference. Yep. Very, very nice. Cool. I mean, obviously, we've talked about Scourge and things before and, and, and Venoms. I guess with Venoms, I'm curious, do you make any use of the hopping in, hopping out stuff? Or uh, always. Always. Again, yeah, always. Yeah. Especially against Knights. It was fantastic. <laughs> I had three Venoms parked behind a building. Mm -hmm. I had three Dark Lances pop out, shoot a bunch yep. of Knights, and then just pop back in. And Wonderful. then he couldn't shoot my venoms. Yeah, it was yeah. it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, as long as you can avoid artillery, I think all of that stuff is just so good. Like the scourge hopping in and out, and it's 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 very possible to have an opponent just getting needled and unable to reply at all. Very very yep. cool. Yeah, having six potential units shoot and scoot was like very frustrating for my opponents. Like three <laughs> units of scourge, three units of cavalry wars. Another thing I love doing as well is you can like move a venom like 14 inches up, get out three inches, and then see behind a wall that's like a really yes. crazy angle, and then you could pop back into your Venom outside of the yeah. line of sight or whatever. There's like so many cool things you can do with the Dark Eldar. Yeah. It's, Super. It's, or you Super cool. have a Venom, you send a unit out to go 30 inches or whatever to go stop an objective, you bring in a unit from Strategic Reserve, and then they pop into the Venom. <laughs> At the end yeah, of the fight yeah, phase, yeah. and then you Love can it. do it again, you know, next turn or whatever. Yeah, there's so Super many things good. you can do with that. Yeah, Super good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's where the the Venom sort of Cabalet MSU type stuff seems to give a lot more flexibility, as you say. Raiders are kind of shoot and then get shot back and then probably die, whereas Venoms yeah. can can add a lot more tricks and tools. If we think about the tricks and tools, what what of the index in terms of the stratagems? What are the go tos? What do you find yourselves actually? Pitifully low in the pitifully low <laughs> yeah. choice we have there, Tom. <laughs> yeah, we really do. <laughs> so, um, hmm, I tend to use the uh, strike and fade probably the most. That's just, yes, because yeah. it wins it's, you games. It's amazing. Being able right? to just pick a unit yeah. to move again. Like the amount of times I drop a unit of mandrakes, start the cleanse action, and then move them onto two objectives to get five points or whatever each or or i yeah. start the investigate signal action and then strike and fade <laughs> to get in range to complete yeah. it right or i yeah. get deploy teleport home. anyway you get the idea <laughs> like yeah, yeah. the amount of times i get to you know uh capture enemy outpost and they have like a unit right in the middle they're like aha you can't deep strike on it or whatever and i'm like well, i'm gonna be here and then just strike and fade onto your objective and then yeah. take it away anyway oh, it's yeah. just fabulous okay it's it does very, it very... opens up a lot yeah. you cover incredible ground with that so yeah. yeah i think that that one is gold dust and then as you say the others i was curious i mean did, did you ever 
is there a place for insensible to pain on the Talos? Do you ever use that? Yeah, so that one's the other one, especially with this with this list. Uh, minus mm. one to wound on the Talos is is very good. I'll yeah. use it multiple times in the turn. Uh, you know, shooting and combat. A lot of the times, yeah. it can just keep a Talos alive just a little bit longer. Bit, it changes yeah. the math on a lot of stuff that your opponent's like. I'm going to shoot you with this or that or the other. It is a very good stratagem. Yeah. Um, and then my, but most of my strats are the main ones. I use grenade and tank shock. Grenade and tank shock. The most. Yeah. Like most Rob and I of my CP, say, yeah. grenade and tank shock. The the ability yeah. to just do damage is just money. Like the yeah. amount of people I coach or I talk to and they're like, I'm like, have you been using grenade stratagem? They're like, no. What does it do? I'm like, you have just use it use it every turn you should just be like what can i grenade you know how yep. can i use this this stratagem which is just free damage on average yeah. it's just like i i just kill you okay like yeah, you don't yeah, get a yeah. save i just roll a bunch of dice and you just die you know it's just yeah. really good yeah no it's super good and again it takes those little cheeky small units up a level as well you got oh it's five cablites like yep there's five cablites who are gonna with a grenade models. yeah exactly it makes a big <laughs> yeah. difference yeah, yeah. and t- tank shock is also good uh, yeah it's it's it is interesting i think that's okay, we'll, we'll, we'll move to that in a moment that's definitely one area where i just think the um the split focus of the detachment hurts them a bit right it's the fact yeah. they're trying to give a bit of service to witches a bit to cover and a bit to well it's all the real space raiders like when i play yeah. like a friendly game and i'm like i'm gonna take lilith and urian and i'm taking an archon and i'm taking a court and i'm yeah. taking witches and racks and like grotesques or whatever i take a little bit of everything then yes you're like oh i can use advance and charge here i can use like you know, a lines of agony, and everybody gets empowered by one pain token, even though I've got a. <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> sure, it's fun, but it's, yeah, yeah. You know, when it comes down to it, I'm like, I just want a full back shoot and charge strat. I just want that. <laughs> That's the only thing I need. Give yeah. me full back shoot and charge please. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, as I said, I think that that stuff where I think for the. The book in the future will be will be hopeful, as I say. I think there's there's obviously enough in the in the core of the army to be excited about where they can take this and what what they can open up yeah. with it in the future. I guess thinking into the more I guess sort of short term future. Obviously, we've got balance changes coming uh, in the winter time, and I think it looks like Dracaria, one of the armies you would expect to see some kind of balance tweaks to. And obviously, that I think they probably got the rawest deal in the last set because actually they kind of got accidental nerfs via Yanari, right? With the with the Ravagers copping a bullet. Nerfed um, by association is what happened. Yeah. Now uh, Urien's really pissed. Yeah. At, 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 um, at uh, what's-her-face. Yeah. Oh, so, my goodness. So I guess if we're thinking about what you might do to to boost the army. And I, I think I probably subscribe to the belief that the army is actually one that very good faction specialists can do fine with. Yeah. Um, so that makes me wary about how you balance it because you want to get it right. You don't want to over, over. Right now, <laughs> Games Workshop balance is very much based on statistical data. Yeah, for sure. Right. So if if you're looking at the data and it's like, well, Drukari have a 42% win rate, they want to like boost it, like not necessarily boost it too crazy that it becomes a 60% win rate army. You know what I mean? But like, how do you boost it? Well, for starters, I think you might want to give witches like a bit of a boost. 
Um, maybe let an Archon join Incubi. So you could get That'd like reroll wounds on yeah. an Incubi unit. Like that alone would like empower you. That would make Incubi maybe a little bit better. Maybe give them death wounds or something. So yep. they can actually like do some damage to something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be yeah. cool. I've yeah. got 20 of them. I'd love to use them. Amen. Um, so yeah, just, I, and then maybe some point tweaks. But that's the thing is because it's, like at the fringe, it could be like Votan, where they yeah. like go, you know what? Let's make them real good. And they're like, here's, you can use pain tokens. You have six pain tokens to start with. And yeah. you also get reroll wound rolls with a pain token or whatever. Like, yes. You know, yeah. it could be something really wacky like that. Or it could be something as simple as, you know, well, we'll put the Ravagers back down to 95 points. And see if that makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, I say I agree. I I just I can't sure. tell I can't tell what kind of treatment they'll get. Like I want Helions to be infantry, okay? Oh and my word, yes. Just let my Helions yes. go through freaking walls. Absolutely, anyway. yes. No, and you're not be a right. hundred points for yeah. five of them. Yeah, Ugh. it's mad. Yeah, there's definitely a few things where there are a few of the units that just yeah. They, they've not not found a role for and, and need to adjust hellions paying for their sins and I, I i would like to see something that spices them up a bit and i i i do think it's a you know it's a combat change that would be the coolest thing and they they already have a lot on the board so you don't want there to be tons more on the board no like you don't um, need to change point it's more like mm, if you're going to change points like okay maybe talos go down a little bit yeah that'd be maybe cool chronos goes up a little bit because you know everybody's taking a chronos maybe yeah. scourge Go up a little bit. Like I don't understand why five is one ten and two and ten is one is two twenty. You know I mean, like they should be like five yeah. for one fifteen or one twenty, like it was, and then do like ten for like one sixty. You know I mean, like it yeah. shouldn't really be like a big difference. Anyway, that's mm. just if I was a game developer, at Games Workshop. Okay, you can call me anytime. Okay, <laughs> and I will tell you how to make this faction awesome. Yeah, I think I think they absolutely should take you up on that. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I think once you've got like witch cult detachment, coven detachment, cabal <sighs> detachment, so cool. there's gonna be some fun stuff. It's just gonna feels like it might be a little bit of a wait until it until it turns up. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we'll see. I'm I am interested to see how far they go with it. I think it's it's an army that. Although a little one-dimensional is still still has some really cool things going on, um, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a question of yeah how they handle it in the new year will, will certainly be interesting. Okay, wonderful. Well, let's let's allow you to do a little bit of promotion of the self before we let you go because obviously you know you're a busy man and you have a, have a lot of different things going on. Do you want to tell people where they can find you, um, what sorts of things they can support you via as well? Yeah, so you hop into the webway, your local <laughs> webway spar. Go down three webway tracks and turn left, right, right, left, right, right. And then you'll find my fortress. And then you better run because I'm going to get you. Um, so you can always find me on YouTube. Of course, uh, best way to support me is on Patreon. So just search up Scardcast on Patreon. And uh, just that's the Denizen community that makes the world go round for me. So. Uh, that's uh, bonus content, videos, bat reports, all that stuff. Anyway, you can find me on social media. Come say hi. Fantastic. Wonderful. Scary, thank you so much for coming on Talking to Jakari. We will hopefully see you again soon. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Obviously, we've been 6 Plus, and we'll be back again with more State of Plays down the line. Stay safe out there. There's creepy dark elves lurking. Watch out. Bye-bye. Gonna get you. <laughs>